0: hello hi 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 welcome everyone welcome back from the mountain of the lord's camp what was that what a blessing it's good to see you welcome 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 you know what to do let everyone know that we are on right now for a good word to strengthen us to equip us for every good work to go out there as an army of believers Yeah, making disciples, bringing the lost home, planting churches, changing our generation. Okay, why don't you go ahead right now and just welcome the Holy Spirit. Welcome him into every space where you are and genuinely ask him to open your eyes that you may see wondrous things in in his law. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Thank you so much for your presence. Thank you for your word, for the opportunity to know you, to serve you in our generation and to partner with you to change the world that you love we welcome you lord right now to open the scriptures to us for the entrance of your word brings light and when light comes glory comes lord may we see something today that we haven't seen before may we be ushered into more concerning the divine nature that you have called us to partake in in jesus name amen and amen what a blessing thank you for being here let everyone know we are on and we're going to dive straight into it so this month we've been talking about our identity both in garage and here and everywhere we are all about our identity in christ jesus recovering our identity and last week we talked about i don't even know what exactly but it was about basically the fact that one Without identity, you have little or no access to the things that are yours. And secondly, that um, your, our identity is built in the word of God. And there's a statement that Apostle Mose made. He said that if the devil will destroy you, he attacks your identity. If, if, if someone if someone wanted to stop you from traveling to any nation, they would just attack your identity in terms of they would call you something that's unacceptable, like if they, if they started putting things up evidence against you saying that you are a terrorist there are nations you won't access no matter the resources you have the goodwill you have because your identity was messed with that's why the bible talks about a good name being better than riches because you can build when you have a good name but when you have a bad name you suddenly are limited and so our identity is very core to how much we can access in the kingdom our identity is about who we are It's about whose we are, like who are we attached to. It's about what we have access to and our assignment, what it gives us access to, therefore. And so the place to build your identity is in the Word of God. You don't build your identity from your past, from your family background, from your academic qualifications, from the job you have or the one you lost, from your current relationship status, from the number of children you have, from the... That's not what builds your identity. You're not first a mother or a father. You're not first a married person or a single person. You're not first a person with a job or someone looking for work. You're not first someone who has money in the bank or not. You are first a child of God. That's what gives you access. That's what gives you ah, access to everything you need in Christ Jesus. And so if the devil wants to stop you, what does he do? If you have no sense of identity, listen to me you will have no sense of purpose and direction in life because your identity is at the core of what you think you can access. What you think you cannot access is based on, you know people who say things like, you know me, I wasn't born in that kind of family, so I may not be able to do A, B, C, D. That's not true. You can grow up in a home where no one ever got married, and if you are in Christ Jesus, you're a new creation, you can be the one who starts, where the story changes with you, they say, there were no marriages in this family, and then So and so became born again and marriages started working from that point on. And a new generation can arise that does not know the story of no no marriages in your family. You can be someone who in your family there was abject poverty and the story changes with you because the blessing of the Lord makes you rich and adds no sorrow with it. Or it might be that there was people who were wealthy but they were using witchcraft. And you come in and there's nothing no weird stuff it's just the blessing of god that has made you rich so with you once you are attached to christ once you're connected to jesus your umbilical cord now is attached to your inheritance in the realm of the spirit you are cut off from whatever it was that was supposed to destroy you in the natural or was supposed to be attached to you in the natural and you're now attached to a new realm in the spirit. You're attached to Jesus Christ. You're a child of the living God. And once the enemy wants to destroy you, he destroys your identity. He questions your identity. When he came to Adam and Eve, he said to Eve, If you eat of the tree, you will be like God. Guess what? Eve was already like God. God made them male and female in his image. He created them. That's what the Bible tells us in Genesis 1:26. God made man and woman in his image, in his likeness. He gave them dominion. He gave them opportunity to eat everything in the garden. And the devil says the one thing which God told you not to eat, it's the one you should have. Then you will be more like swans. You'll be more like God. You already are like God. And the devil does that. How Some of the signs of knowing that your identity is under attack, is when you feel the need to have the things you don't have. To the, no, I'm not talking about that sense of wanting to have progress. No. Where you're constantly comparing yourself to others and dissatisfied with your life and wanting what they have and despising everything you have. Adam and Eve. What, why did Eve need wisdom? More wisdom? Who was wiser than her? It was just her and her husband. Who was she competing with? Able to make one wise. For what? Like she didn't even need the thing she thought she needed. And some of you, that's what is happening. The enemy has told you that if you can get that car, then you will prove. That's what he told Jesus to do, to prove his sonship. You will prove that you've made it in life. So you're willing to sleep with someone, take a bribe, do something weird to get a car because you think that a car will give you the identity of someone who has made it in life. But then that comes with its own sorrows because it's outside of the will of God. So the enemy attacks our identity and makes us stuck. No identity, no sense of purpose, no sense of direction, no sense of destiny. You, As you settle for small success, you, you don't see because God's, God defines what our inheritance looks like. He defines what our purpose looks like. He doesn't wait for us to guess. Everything you need for life and godliness, we saw that last week, it is already given to you in the word of God through knowledge you find out what your purpose is through the knowledge of the word of God all of us our purpose is to win souls for Christ is to make disciples of all the nations oh yes it's to build the kingdom of God that is your purpose if you're born again you don't need to wonder am I called to I don't know women men okay you might have a specific grace towards a group of people but at the end of the day the work is evangelism discipleship and building the church which is the kingdom of God the church being people that's our assignment. But how will you do that when you think you're less than? When you think you're not enough? So I want to say to you, don't bow to money. Don't bow to fame. Don't bow to the pride of life. When the devil comes to Jesus, he says to him, if you are the son of God, he doesn't say beloved, please mind you. And God, when he shows up, he calls Jesus his beloved son about three or four times in the scriptures. He, and when he, he doesn't call him my worker my CEO, my world changer. He says, my beloved son. In other words, Jesus' purpose came out of his identity as a beloved son. The highest thing for Jesus was to be called the son of God. Not a miracle worker, not a prophet, not a teacher, not a rabbi. It was to be a son of God. All those things came out of because he's the son of God, he performs miracles. Because he's the son of God, he knows no lack Because he's the son of God, when he shows up, sickness flees. Because he's the son of God, when he shows up, demons leave Because he's the son of God, abundance follows him. Because he's the son of God, he brings, he makes disciples of the nations. Because he's the son of God, favor follows him. Because everything you want in life flows out of sonship. God calls himself our heavenly father. He has many names, but he prefers to be called father, a father to the fatherless. But for us, we want to chase the stuff thinking that it will make us sons. No, it is the sonship that gives you and I the advantages in life. Your most prized possession, your most highest honor in life is to be a child of God, a son of God, because sons are heirs. Sons have purpose sons have assignments, all that stuff. So there's more to life. In fact there's a scripture in the book of Luke. Let me find it right now. In the book of Luke chapter 12 verse 15 I'm sure you've seen it before but I'm just going to show it to you. This is a good message. Luke 12 15. It says, listen I'll read it slowly. And he said to them, these are the words of Jesus and he's saying to you who is chasing money, wealth, a name, making yourself a name. Don't make yourself a name. You seek the kingdom of God. He will make for you a name. You will even be uncomfortable. once When God does it, he sustains it and he keeps doing it. He'll make for you a name if you seek first his kingdom. He says here in verse 15, Jesus said to them, Take heed ah, and beware. Do you hear the word beware means danger of something dangerous and he says beware of covetousness mm-hmm. for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses Beware that the things you possess don't start possessing you where you're willing to put put aside your christianity your values your dignity for a job or for a raise or for a deal no you're not that one you're not that kind you're a child of god those things will come they're supposed to follow you you don't follow them they follow you all these things will be added to you it is true i know when you're going through a time in your life when money is scarce it's a test you you hear these things and they sound like fables but i'm telling you to trust me i have known luck i have seen a bit of abundance and i know that there's more to come and let me tell you god is faithful God is faithful. Me, I'm here sitting teaching you from a home, a first home that we own, a home that is beyond our dreams, a home that is bigger than any home we've ever lived in, a home that that God has built and is continuing to build for us. He's the same God. He has no favorites. When we testify, it is the spirit of prophecy. Your life does not consist in the abundance of the things you possess. The possessions are yours. You are not you're not attached to your possessions. They are yours. They are things you can give them away. You can make more. You can. They don't make you. And I've, I'm telling you someone who at some point, my life was about what I drove, what I wore, how I looked. I needed to prove. That's how you know your identity is not settled. When you need to prove. When you go to the airport and they ask you to prove something, it means something is wrong with your identification card. Why do you need to prove to anyone that you're something? You want to have a wedding beyond your means so that you prove to your relatives that you have money. It means you don't have it. Why must you prove it? Why what, who are you proving what to? They don't even care. Your identity is that of a son. Let me show you John 1.1. 1, 1. Let's, get, let's get quick running into this. John 1, we'll start from verse 11. This is John writing about Jesus. He says, I'll start from verse 12. As many as received him, that's Jesus. To them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name, who were born, that is you, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God, you were born of God. Maybe you were called unwanted by your relatives. Maybe your mother almost aborted you. Maybe you were born out of what they call rape or some abuse or whatever it is. Maybe you felt unwanted all your life. I want you to know that God wants you. You were born of God that day you got born again or today when you get born again, you are born of God. You belong. You are beloved. There are no restrictions on your life. You have an inheritance. You have an assignment waiting for you. The point of getting born again is not to get born again. It is to have a purpose on the earth. It is to fulfill an assignment that God has made every human being for on the earth to extend his kingdom and his domain on the earth. You're not born of flesh, you're born of the Holy Spirit. Once you get born again, you become one spirit with Jesus Christ. You have access to everything he has access to through the word of God by believing what the word says about you that's why you must be in the word finding out who am I what is required of me what am I here to do in my generation I want a generation of people to arise we believe God that is the dream that we have as the church as worship harvest the mandate we believe God has given us is that we are are raising a generation of people who are all about the kingdom of God believers not consumers disciples of the Lord Jesus and I'm going to get a little bit into it today And you know, I like the next verse. It's not connected, but it's connected. It says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. That's a prophetic word for you. That word you've believed God for, it shall become flesh. I've seen the word of God become flesh. And we've prayed over people who trusted God for babies. And now you see the word of God running around in the sitting room. That's the word of God, it became flesh, it's living among us. Maybe the word of God was that you'd live in a home, that you'd build a home and inhabit it in Isaiah 65. From verse 17 to 25, it's listed the things that will happen, that you will build houses and live in them. You will plant vineyards and eat their fruit. You will not build another inhabit. Nor shall you plant a vineyard and another eats its fruit. that is God's word. One day that word will become flesh. You will actually build a home and live in it. You will actually plant a business or a church and enjoy its fruit. You will actually see the word of God come to pass. You will see health. You will see go to the doctor and get a clean bill of health after you have kept declaring the word of God. That church you began will become a mega church. Oh yes worship harvest began with about 17 people there are now over over people who call it their home and more let me tell you the word of god if you stick with it it becomes flesh and dwells among us your identity is that you first a son of god and everything you do flows out of that you say because i'm such a son of god i marry i do not cohabit i marry legally and covenant and I, because I'm a son of God, I am generous with the house of God. Because I'm a son of God, I make disciples. Because I'm a son of God, I do I am faithful at my business because I'm a son of God. I'm faithful to my spouse because I'm a son of God. I will wait for sex until I am married because I am a son of God. You, everything you do is because you don't switch on and off. Being a child of God is at church on Sunday then the rest of the week I'm friends with the devil. Oh no. You walk with the Holy Spirit everywhere you go. First you're a child of God. If that revelation enters your heart and you believe it your life will change. That's why when he writes to to um what's his name Solomon writes in, in Proverbs chapter 4 from verse 20 and says my son the thing he's giving instruction for his for sons he's give attention to my words incline your ear to my sayings do not let them depart from your Heart, keep them from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Why? For they are health. They are life to those who find them, and health to all their flesh. The word of God is for sons. Which is because I'm a child of God, I read my Bible. I pray. I connect with the Father. It flows from there. And how do you grow in your identity? You find out what God says about you, and then you do what 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 Paul said to Philemon in verse six. He says that your faith becomes effectual by you acknowledging every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. If Jesus has said that you are the head and not the tail, you acknowledge it. You believe it and you act like it. If God has said that you are rich and you are highly favored, you believe it, you speak it, you act like it, you live like it, you eat like it. I was challenging people the other day that you know poverty is a spirit. You can have money in your account and you're poor. It's a state of being. You can be a rich person who doesn't have too many possessions yet. But the way you live, you live like a king in terms of you're generous. You're a giver. You're a tither. At your home when you eat, you, you when you cook food, you cook and you have more than enough. If people, if people show up suddenly, there's food. You don't start saying, when are they living so that we can eat? That's poverty. The people who serve at home, you cook meat. This is especially in Africa. Okay? Meat is not, is, not, is not very common in every home. So, and it's a delicacy for us. So for you, when you cook meat, you count the pieces. If there are seven people, the pieces are seven. If someone eats one and a half pieces, ah, you quarrel the whole week about the person who ate the extra piece because someone only drank soup. I was telling them, guys, you'd rather eat meat once every three months, but when you eat it, you eat it. That's abundance. You refuse luck in your life. You acknowledge every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. That's why when Jesus speaks to the fig tree, he goes to expecting fruit from it and it doesn't have, he curses it. Because it talked to him. The Bible says he answered it. It didn't have uh, were fig trees talking in the days of Jesus. No. It spoke to him by what it produced. Like for, it might be that there's a thing you've tried. And for a while now it is speaking to you and saying you're useless. You are nothing. You are you either start speaking back to it and telling it what must align. Or you shut it down. I was telling some people who were going to help me plant plants at my house. I told them if you plant for me a thing and it refuses to grow. I will uproot it and throw it away. I don't want something talking to me and saying that in my life there is a lack of progress. Uh -uh. Acknowledge every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Find out what the word says about you. Believe it. Speak it. Declare it. Memorize it. And then (laughs) acknowledge it. Live like it. Act like it. Act like a child of God. Act like a son of God. I'm sure you've had someone in your family say before, we are the so and so's. We don't do that. In other words, act like us. We we are not, we don't know. This behavior you're exhibiting is very contrary. Ah, it's a good message. It's a good message. It's a very good message. And so if you're a child of God, what does that mean for you? Today, one of the things I want to focus on very strongly that I think we've believed a lie, okay, about our identity because maybe you think what I'm going to talk about is that the truth that God loves you. Now, that truth is so true. You must believe it because the more you believe it the Bible says that in in the book of Romans 5 17 that, that, that that those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life through the one Jesus Christ if you receive more grace you reign more in life because you have to know that the life we are living in Christ Jesus is by grace through faith faith is our participation in what god has already provided by grace faith cannot faith cannot produce what god has not provided by grace you understand it's like going to a supermarket your money can only buy what is in the supermarket you can't purchase what is not already available the, the supermarket brings the things by grace and avails them you come in by faith the money the currency of heaven and you say i'm releasing this money to give me that item you can't go to the supermarket and demand for a a car, a BMW X5 from the supermarket. Usually they don't sell them in the supermarket. Even if you come with all the money and you quarrel and fight, it's not there. So there are things you can't access by faith what God has not provided for by grace. In other words, God has provided a life for you and died by grace. He has loved us by Christ Jesus, not on our merit. That's why it's level ground for all of us. It doesn't matter what you've done in your past. If you come to Jesus... He cleanses you. He loves you. He gives you access to everything that is in him. And then you start to the extent that you know by faith. Faith comes by hearing. That's how you have your currency. The more faith you have in your account, your spiritual account, the more access you can have to the things that are yours. They are yours, but you receive them by faith. That's the currency of heaven. That's the currency of the spirit. That's the currency of the kingdom. Faith. That's why you must know what is written about you. Jesus talks about it and says that he has come that it is written of him in the volume of the book. He knows what is written about him so he can appropriate it. There are things I don't yet have access to because I don't know them by revelation. But I'm determined that in my lifetime I want to die when I have used what Jesus purchased for me by his precious blood. So you access it by faith, by faith, by faith. But faith requires you to know what is available to you. And so I think we've believed a lie. I think we've believed a lie as Christians about our identity. The The point of our identity, the point of us being the beloved children of God, the point of us being complete in Him, the point of us being sons of God, the point of identity and redemption is inheritance that's the point the point of identity and redemption is inheritance now the question is what is our inheritance again God didn't leave that to chance he defined it for us what is our inheritance we are heirs of salvation we've inherited salvation that's what we should be giving out salvation getting people born again getting people to become disciples to build the kingdom of God to multiply the power of God through disciples and so the point of being a child of God, the that, that point of sonship is to have an inheritance, is to be an heir. The point of the relationship with the father is to carry a responsibility. The point of the authority we carry is to have an assignment. That's the point. The point of redemption is inheritance. Only beloved sons can inherit what God has for them. So when you come in as a son, let me show you the scripture. Romans, I believe. I believe it's Romans 8. Aha. Uh-huh. Aha. Here it is. Let's look at it. Romans chapter 8. Uh, let's start from verse 14 to 17. Romans eight fourteen to 17. It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. I'm talking about you. Say, I am a son of God. Say, I am led by the Spirit of God. Oh yes, as many as are led by the Spirit of God these are the sons of God verse 15 for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear but you received the spirit of adoption or the spirit of sonship by which we cry out Abba father you did not receive the spirit of bondage to stay bound in fear wondering about the future wondering about tomorrow that's not the spirit that God gave you. He gave you a spirit. You see, if you're a person who's always scared, you carry an orphan spirit. Orphans are never sure of the future. Orphans are never... orphanhood is like the worst state to be in in the world where you have no covering, no one to help you, no one in the world. You know, orphanhood. You're not an orphan. You're not a spiritual orphan. You have a heavenly father. And he's thinking about you. He, not he's thinking. He thought about you before you were born. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, he put you on the earth with a purpose, with a destiny, and bestowed his love on you, waiting for you to accept it. You did not receive the spirit of orphanhood again to fear. orphanhood is bondage. But you received the spirit of sonship, by which you cry out, Abba, father. The spirit of God leads you to recognize that you are a child of God. And the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, listen, and if children, then heirs. Have you heard? The point of being a child is to be an heir. That's the end of it. The point of crying out father is that you have access to everything your father has access to. If you have a father who has connections in the natural, there. are places you go to and you just say, I was sent by my father so and so, suddenly doors open. Not because you've accomplished much but because your father accomplished much. That's the same for you and I. The point of our sonship is to be heirs. If children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified with him. Are you listening to me? Your identity over a son is that you may be an heir. You are not born again to become a consumer Christian who sits in the church chair or pew or whatever it is, bench that you sit at. I don't know what it looks like in the church you go to. But wherever you sit, you're not there to sit back and consume Christian goods and just pay your, your subscription fee, which is your tithe. Oh no. You are called to accomplish something in your generation. And God has told you what the inheritance is we have inherited God we are co-heirs with Christ in other words look at what Jesus spent his time doing on the earth that's what you're supposed to spend your time doing whether you're at school at work at home in a taxi on the road driving to work on social media in your private engagements in a relationship out of a relationship in a job in a business In a deal, no matter where you are, you are a child of God. And the point of being in any relationship you have, in any business deal you have, in any school you have, is to expand the kingdom of God. Is to increase the inheritance that you've received. Again, today is for showing you. Let's go to Psalms. Psalm 2, verse 8. We'll start from verse 7. This is God. This is David the prophet speaking what he has heard from God. I will declare the decree. The Lord has said to me, listen, listen, listen. Remember we just read that if children then heirs. Listen to this. You are my son, today I have begotten you full stop. Next thing, ask of me. And I will give you the nations for your inheritance. The ends of the earth for your possession. Have you heard what your inheritance is? Your inheritance is not a house. Your inheritance is not a, a plot of land, hundred by fifty. Your inheritance is not, I don't know what you think you're, you're supposed to inherit. That's not your inheritance. You shouldn't be rejoicing over that. Your inheritance is souls of men. It is nations. Nations are people. There's no nation that has no people. That's not a nation. The the thing that makes a nation a nation, when you say they are Ugandans, they make Uganda, Uganda. Kenyans make Kenya, Kenya. Ethiopians make Ethiopia, Ethiopia. Americans make America, America. The point of your redemption is that more can come in until the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our God. You have a responsibility as a child of God in your generation. You're an heir. That's part of your identity that you don't know heirs actually their responsibility is to receive what what God has, what they've been given and appropriate it multiply it increase it when God gave you your portion of salvation now multiply it into many salvations oh yes let's look at another scripture today we are looking at many scriptures I think it's Proverbs eleven thirty. oh yes it says the fruit of the righteous are you a righteous man or woman are you a righteous man or woman? Yes, you are. If you're in Christ Jesus, you are right with God. It is well with you and God. He says, your fruit, it's about to be defined. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And then he says, in case you wonder what I'm talking about, he who wins souls is wise. Your fruit, your fruit as a righteous person is a tree called life. The fruit of an avocado tree is called avocado fruit. The fruit of um, a mango tree is called mangoes. The fruit of an apple tree is called apples. The fruit of a matoke plant is called matoke, which is bananas. Your fruit as a righteous person is righteous people. (laughs) It's a tree full of lives. So you can't be there saying for me i'm not called to evangelism yes you are tell people about jesus tell them tell them on your social media tell them face to face tell them your testimony tell them in family meetings don't be ashamed because then it means you're going to live an unfruitful life everything else that you're producing an unbeliever can produce even better than you if it's about business acumen they might be better for now we are going to turn it around oh yes as we do kingdom principles you you can have a wife they can have a wife they can even have more which is very bad you can have children they can have children you can have a home they can have homes you can have a car they can have cars you can everything you can think about non-believers can have the thing that differentiates a righteous person from an unrighteous person is the fruit of lives righteous lives the tree of life what does your tree look like this year do you have a target some of you have financial targets academic targets relational targets but do you have a target of souls in your docket your identity is that you're a soul winner you're an heir on mission with your father let me tell you god is about the kingdom that's why he says seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things that you're looking for will be added to you he discourages us from seeking after money after fame after clothing after shelter after making a name for ourselves he says i will do that for you i will make a name for you i will build for you a family i will do all these things if you go about my business whatever you do for others god will make happen for you there are people out there who don't know god they're in your homes They're in your workplaces. They're in your schools. They're on WhatsApp groups that you're part of. And we've become silent. And soon we'll have what's happened in Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot kept quiet and raised his family as righteous until where he lived was destroyed. And his wife ended up destroyed. His children ended up committing incest with him to have offspring. The Moabites. Don't sit back and wait for the pastors to do the work. You and I have been called into the work of ministry. To be a light in our generation. A light that shines in the darkness. Let me tell you, many of us, this is what I've noticed. We are believers, so we say. We are converts, we are church goers, but very few are disciples. You might say, Pastor b no, no, no. Let me show you a scripture and it's, I'm going to read it in NIV. I'm going to show you the cost of being a disciple. It's in Luke chapter 14. And I think I'll end here. Luke chapter 14, we'll start from verse 25. This is Jesus. Listen. In the New International Version. He says, large crowds were traveling with Jesus and this doesn't sound like church worship harvest (laughs) mountain of the lord's camp large crowds many people traveled with jesus and some of us now we are hard followers or not maybe you belong to another church and you're part of a crowd i want you to see what differentiates a crowd believer from a disciple a son and an heir okay the disciple is supposed to be the son and heir so when i say disciple son and heir i mean a disciple a disciple slash a son slash an heir from the crowd There's a crowd of believers. They are just happy-go-lucky. They go with the flow. They move from church to church looking for the most exciting preacher. What is exciting right now? They are here. They are there. They no longer like it. And the thing is that when you stay in a church and you're not involved in ministry, maximum three years the pastor has preached all the sermons you'll ever hear, just like Jesus, and now you're bored. You can't even repeat their sentences because you know everything. That means it's time for you to go out and be productive also. Not to leave the church, but to make disciples. Use what you have. Don't be the one who you're the dead. See everything ends with you. You hear a message like this and it ends with you. For you, after you've had, go and also teach. Go and interpret what you have had, what has worked in your life. Tell someone in your simple way. Don't wait to be faithful with what you don't have. Be faithful with what God has given you. Be faithful with what God has given you. What do you have? Don't just sit back and wait for, I don't know, something in your mind that doesn't exist. That's the enemy keeping you unfruitful, keeping you barren yet you are an heir you are given an inheritance and you're acting like that guy in Matthew 25 who got the one talent and hid it in the ground don't hide what God has put in your hand go and use it make some dangerous choices join a mission or community start a mission or community start a small hurdle start a fellowship at work plant a church join the church planters team give to something like show up and serve on sunday morning hug people at the door join the prayer team join the people who serve children do something don't just sit back because let me tell you the end of every christian who does not get involved in their inheritance actively in the church it's not good with time you find that they've gone off course or they are moving from church to church looking for something exciting but it's because the inside of you something is crying out saying listen you were not made to just be a son you're a son and an heir Today I've begotten. You ask for nations. The next thing that sons are supposed to do, when you get born again, you ask for your inheritance, which is people. The inheritance of heaven is souls. It's not houses. The inheritance of heaven is people who have come to the Lord. It's disciples. The fruit is disciples. He says, go into the world and preach the gospel of the kingdom and make disciples of all the nations. That's that's our inheritance, guys. And it's not for a chosen few. It's for every child of God and there are distractions in this world. Oh, the deceitfulness of riches, the desire for other things, the cares of this world. Those are the things that distract us from the assignment we have. So large crowds were traveling with Jesus. Luke 14 from verse 25. And turning, he said to them, Jesus, he saw the disciples and he wasn't, he, was, he saw the crowd and he wasn't impressed. This is what Jesus said. That's what Jesus says to you who is part of the crowd. He's not impressed. He says, if anyone comes to me, these are the words of Jesus. Please, guys, it's not me. This is our master, at least the one we claim to be our master. These are his words to the crowd of believers. If anyone, anyone includes anyone, medical doctor, young, old, child, um, secondary school, primary, university, PhD holder, I don't know what it is, new mother, whatever it is that you are, you're like, me, I'm excused. Anyone comes to me and does not hate Hate father, mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters. Yes, even their own life. Such a person cannot be my disciple. Oops. Not it might be difficult for them. Not we might need to talk about it. He says it's impossible to be his disciple if you're not willing to lay aside everything and say, Lord, I will follow you. Not that the hate there doesn't mean that you hate your father and abuse him and your mother. It's that you prefer God over that. It's that you prefer his kingdom over relationship, over family gatherings, over spending a lot of time with your children. By the way, there are many people who have spent so much time with their children and it still didn't work out. Yeah, our children will be taught of the Lord. Am I saying you shouldn't spend time with your children? You should, but they shouldn't become an idol <laughs> where you can't do the work of God because you got children. They become dangerous. He says you're supposed to even hate your own life. Apostle Mose has taught us that the primary sacrifice is our life. The primary sacrifice, not money, not those are secondary sacrifices. The first thing God wants from you is to give him your life. Say, God, my life is available to you my time, my energies, my gifts, my dreams. I'll put them aside, Lord, and I will follow where you tell me to go because now you've become the Lord of my life. I'm no longer in charge, you are. That's what a disciple says. If you cannot hate your father, mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, yes, even your own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. Verse 27, and whoever, again, uses words like anyone, whoever. In other words, no one is excluded. No one is excluded. Whoever does not carry their cross and follow me, again, cannot be my disciple. In other words, carrying a cross is living a life of sacrifice. Oh, I think next week I'm going to talk about sacrifice. Living a life of sacrifice that if you cannot... Live a life of constant sacrifice. Giving up sleep on Sunday morning. Giving up your home to most a missional community. Going out of your way to tell people about Jesus. Giving up your money to build the kingdom of God. Giving up your time to spend time with disciples and tell them about Jesus. Doing everything in your power. If you cannot do that, you can't be his disciple. There is a price to pay. Carrying your cross, sacrifice and following him. In other words, how do you follow someone? You watch what they are doing and you do it. And we follow Jesus by following those ahead of us, disciples—the ones who are discipling us. If they say it is, it must have. I have a salvation tracker, <laughs> and my target this year is a thousand souls. And I've so far come close to fifty percent, and I'm working hard. That's me as an individual, not the church I lead. Me, Beatrice Baymans, one thousand souls for Jesus. And it's huge. I've never had such a target before. But the bible says that me my fruit is a tree of life your fruit is a tree of life what's on the tree if the tree is fruitless something is wrong we need to manure it we need to take some action about it and he says whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple then he starts asking questions because he knew people were like what do you mean giving up everything ah it's too high a price lord i want the salvation and I want the things that come with it, but I don't want the responsibility. I don't want the assignment. I don't want the inheritance. So then you're not a son. A son who cuts himself off of the inheritance of his father. It's like they're despising their father and saying, what you did was rubbish. I would rather start my own thing. A son who admires their father, takes on what their father began and takes it to the next level. And that's how you have generational wealth. And that's the same for us. We are made in the image of God to be able to do what God does. And God is all about people. He's not about anything else but people. And when you follow him in that way, all the other things you desire, they come after you. Then he says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. I receive it. Won't you, by the way, I believe I receive it. I want to build a tower in my lifetime. A long, a big building, tower. Won't you first sit down? In other words, that's what he's telling you and I to do. Some of us, you need to sit down. Estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it. For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. That's what the world says about us. These Christians, they go around talking about their God and how they are rich, but they, their churches are in papyrus reed places. Terrible. And then people of other faith, like the Muslims, they go around building magnificent mosques. And you think they want to know your God who cannot even afford a building? Because you refuse to give to a building project. In other words, count the cost of my disobedience. Count the cost of not knowing who I am in Christ Jesus. As a disciple, I'm not just a son. I'm a son and an heir. The point of my sonship is inheritance. And the inheritance is the kingdom of God. Okay. He says they will laugh at you and say you began to build and you're not able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first again sit down? I think God is saying to you and I sit down. Consider your life as a Christian right now. Consider your life as a so-called disciple of Jesus Christ. Whether he be able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000. If he's not able, (laughs) he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, listen. In other words, all these examples are to tell you count the cost of being a disciple. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything. You have, cannot be my disciples. Part of our identity is we are sons and heirs who live a life of sacrifice for the sake of the kingdom. We give up bad relationships. We give up bad habits. We give up some company. You know, evil company corrupts good morals. We give up money, we give up sleep, we give up some dreams that we had. We give up time with family, we give up time with children. We give up, we give up, why? For the inheritance set before us. The Bible talks of Jesus that for the joy set before him, he despised the shame of the cross. You look at the sacrifice and say it is so small compared to what God is giving me in Christ Jesus. I am willing to lay down my accolades my conversations my need to look intellectual my desire to look I don't know what and just lay it down that I may win many to Jesus because that's my inheritance how big how much of your inheritance have you appropriated right now how many souls are on your tree how many people are you discipling how much are you giving to the work of the kingdom in terms of your time your treasure your talents your your gifts and abilities the church that you are part of are they blessed because you're part of it then he ends by saying salt is good but if it loses its saltiness how can it be made salty again it is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure pile it is thrown out whoever has ears let him hear in other words don't be a crowd jesus was telling the crowd i'm not interested in this crowd i want disciples I'm not interested in fans of Jesus who clap their hands and shout and dance. But when push comes to shove, they're unwilling to lay down their lives for the gospel. Because the point of becoming a son is to help others become sons and daughters. There are many who are lost in sin. There are many who are lost in confusion, the chaos of this world. They're in your circles. They're around you. They're in your family. They're on groups. They're on social media. What are you doing today? What are you going to do tomorrow? What are you doing this week? As a son of God who has a responsibility a privilege access to God and an access to his resources to bring many sons to glory that's part of our identity we are heirs who sacrifice everything for the kingdom who sacrifice everything for the kingdom who sacrifice reputation with certain people who sacrifice everything and everything you give up you get back ten actually the Bible says a hundred times In this world, you will get back possessions, siblings, friends, parents. God gives it all back to you a hundred times in this life and in the life to come eternal life. Listen to me. You're a son. You're an heir. Heirs have responsibility. Heirs have assignments. Heirs have authority. Heirs, we are blessed to be a blessing. We are ready to make sacrifices, but you cannot make sacrifices when you think you're the sacrifice. You have to know that there are things God, everything God has given you in your life, everything should be a resource for the kingdom. Every relationship should be a resource for the kingdom. Every job, every assignment, every uh, school opportunity, every neighborhood, every piece of clothing, every gift, every skill you've attained in the world, it should be useful for the kingdom because you're an heir. You're a son. You're an advantage to the church of Jesus Christ. What a blessing. What an identity. I know that today the word you heard is not what you expected, but it's a powerful word, and it will change your life if you receive it. You're a son of God. The point of sonship is to be an heir, and our inheritance is souls of men. The tree, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. It's not even a fruit of life. It's a tree. Your fruit is a tree. No fruit is a tree, trees of life everywhere. Everywhere you go, you find trees of life because you've chosen to make disciples, because you've chosen to tell people about Jesus. Everything you have is a resource for the kingdom. Why? You're a son. You're an heir. You're increasing the kingdom of your father. You're not just a crowd member, a fan of Jesus. No, you're a son, not a fan. Oh, yes. And sons increase what the father has given to them. So today, will you arise and take responsibility? Will you arise into your assignment of making disciples? Will you arise into your authority? Will you arise and be a soul winner and a disciple maker and a kingdom builder in your generation? I like that. I like it. Soul winner, disciple maker, kingdom builder. Oh, yes. When they ask me, uh, when I show up and they ask me my who I am, oh, yes. I am a soul winner, a disciple maker, and a kingdom builder. And I use everything I have. For the advantage of the kingdom of God to bring as many souls to glory as possible what a blessing why don't we pray right now Heavenly Father we thank you for your word I thank you that you have brought light into the lives of many I refuse the spirit of guilt and condemnation you do not condemn you lift us up you open our eyes to see who we are that we may receive it and walk in it fully Lord, today we break every lie of the enemy that has told some people that they are just members crowd members pure warmers. They have nothing to offer. Lord, today you show us that we each have something to offer because we are your children and you have no favorites. Father, may, may out of today, may soul winners arise. May disciple makers arise. May kingdom builders arise. Lord, may we use everything we have for your kingdom, Oh God. May we come back with a great harvest of souls every single week. Lord, may it be the cry of our hearts in every restaurant we sit in, in every school we go to, in every home we visit, in every workplace we go to, Lord. In every meeting we are part of in every business deal may we bring fo- may we not be ashamed of the gospel may we be people who have the wisdom and the tact and the grace and the and the knowledge to know how to talk about you that many and to present you to many that they may come to know you Lord may we maximize our inheritance we thank you Lord that you've called us to do this and that we're not out there in the world living lives of damage and not knowing what to do that Lord you've called us to an inheritance that cannot be described with words. We, you have put your inheritance in the saints on the inside of us. Thank you, Lord. Give us the grace to change our generation by being people who are here to win souls, make disciples, and build your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Wow, if you're watching and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, come on, you know what to do. Join the family of faith. Join the family of believers. Become a soul winner. Become a disciple maker. Have purpose in God. God loves you. He died for you. He sent his son to die for you. He loves you and he wants to give you a life beyond your wildest dreams and imaginations. He'll forgive you of all your mistakes and sins and he'll never bring them back to remembrance. And he'll teach you how to live for him the rest of your life. Would you pray this prayer after me if that is you? Just pray and say, Lord Jesus, thank you for today. Today I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I receive your forgiveness I believe that you died for me and that you rose again for my glory teach me by your Holy Spirit to live a life that brings glory to your name I will serve you with everything I have for the rest of my life in Jesus name Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, welcome to the family of God. It's simple. You believe in your heart. You confess with your mouth. You're born again. I'd like you to do something for me. I'm going to read out a number, but there's also a link right now. If you're watching live on YouTube, there's a link. Click on it and let us know that you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And if, you, if you'd if you like to, you can send a message immediately right now. Stop everything and just send a message to this number. That's plus six four two four four nine plus two five six seven seven five six four two four four nine and let the person know. say i got born again today on faith boosters would like to connect you to a loving family would like to help you start your journey with god and to and to and to help you walk the life that we've begun today to know what belongs to you and who you are in christ jesus that you may live a life of consistent Victory. We'll see you again next week, same place, same time. See you at MC Live on Wednesday and on Garage, at Garage on Sunday at our different locations across the world. You're blessed, you're highly favored. Don't forget to win us all, make disciples, build the kingdom because you're a son and an heir. Bye.